Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. Alright, welcome to episode 7 of Code Talk. Um, we don't really uh, have a, a set topic and we haven't discussed anything today. Uh, but I want to go ahead and apologize for if my audio sounds different or if you hear any background noise. I'm recording uh, from a, the downtown airport at the Runway Cafe in Greenville, South Carolina. While uh, I just got in, done in eating some good food and now I get to watch some planes take off and land while my family plays at the park. Um, but anyways, so you may hear some things. But um, So we don't really have a topic because we haven't planned it, but we didn't want to skip it. Um, so Matt, is there anything you want to talk about? The only thing I could think of was maybe um, talking about, uh, or at least me ranting about um, native versus like uh, web-based desktop apps. You know, like oh yeah, I remember we were <clears throat> we were going to have that conversation at one point in time. So that's a, that's a good topic. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't right, have anything cool. in particular I want to talk about. So all right, well then uh, today's topic will be thoughts uh, and discussions on. Uh, web-based versus native applications. Um, and it's pretty good. So uh, it's a pretty good timing because I think it was this week. Today's what, Wednesday? So I think it was maybe Monday this week. Mm-hmm. Trello released a desktop app uh, for the, you know, I guess for every, everything, but uh, for, the, for the Mac is what I saw. I have not tried it out. Have you? Do you guys use Trello? No, uh-uh. I'm a Jira person. So uh, yeah, I'm one of those guys. Well, I think I, well, I think we were wanting to convert to Jira just because... We, we're shoehorning Trello to do what we need to do, and it's inappropriate. But um, you know, back to the topic. I haven't tried it, so I don't. I can't knock it, but I'm going to. Um, I, I immediately. I was like, you know, why, at first, my first question was like, why do we need uh, a desktop version? Because you know, I mean, what does it what does it give you? What are the advantages it gives you over the web? Right? You can just open up a Chrome browser uh, tab, and then you just you just watch, uh, or you you know, you use it. But um, you know, I was looking and I was like, I bet this is Electron based. Uh, and I looked at the download size and it was like 60 megs for the Trello app download. And I was like, yep, because I know, you know, with, with uh, uh, Electron apps, they come uh, or they're, they're used on Chromium. So they come with full Chromium mm-hmm. uh, install installation. So that's like a 50 something meg file right there. Um, and it's really sluggish and I don't like its performance. I'm basically, every time I open a, an Electron app, on my machine, I'm opening another Chrome instance, you know, with full Node and everything, and it just eats up all my resources. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I guess Slack is a is a is an Electron app, and I haven't had any issues with it on my machine. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of any other Electron apps I, I have going on, and I, I can't. I think that might be the only one. But I that think you know of Spotify isn't Spotify like a web based. Um, it may be. It's not Electron-based. Okay. Yeah, I know there's another couple of, um, web-based, like, to desktop app. Um, gosh, it was another Node one that was out for a while. Well, I mean, I guess it's still available. I can't remember what it's called. But I had looked into that one a while back. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you my quick verdict on it, though. I think it's cool. I like it. I think, think it's, it's the cool? way. I think it's the way application development is moving, moving to. Um, why is that? The way I, 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 okay, I, I understand why, but why do you like it? Um, 
I think what it does is is, is it's going to allow, I guess you know, developers like in my situation or for for my company to actually develop an application that that you know you might actually bring in local storage or um, just other. I, I mean, you can actually develop for um, hardware and. Um, just integrate it into the OS. So like building a task, you know, taskbar or, you know, kind of widget or things like that, that, that you can actually integrate your application with your OS notifications, all that kind of stuff. Um, and actually looking at Electron, uh, at least, you know, on, on the Mac side, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, on Windows, things get a little more complicated, but they have they have the uh, the Node RT package, which basically lets you build universal Windows you know, applications. So you can actually put items in the Windows Store. But what it, what's really cool about it is that it gives you just some ridiculous access to Windows. I mean, allowing you to do use their facial recognition libraries and all kinds of stuff, and it's all converted to Node. So you know, you're you're developing these things in a language that you're comfortable and familiar with. So I think it's really neat. I think. I think the way things are going, eventually we'll probably, hopefully one day, be able to drop the whole Chromium dependency um, and we'll see OS is actually just build support for it, you know, as a native kind of deal. Yeah, maybe that'd be a cool way to go. And I mean, it definitely makes things cheaper to develop, right, and, and quicker and easier. But like, as of right now, you don't get any, I mean, they're they're you take a hit on performance, right? You know, you're not going to get the performance at a true native, you know, C, Objective-C, C++, Swift, whatever, you know, like those are compiled languages. They're going to give you the performance over, you know, something that's interpreted, whether it's even a, you know, a virtual machine, which is inside of Chromium, you know, it still gives you some speed improvements, yes, but um, it's still slower, you know, and, and, and maybe my problem is really with Electron-based stuff, you know, the Chromium-based stuff is just, it's a, it's a hog, you know, if I've got, I mean, for me, I, I notice a big difference if I've got Slack open, if I, if I have Slack closed. Um, you know, just like with Chrome in general, um, you know, it just eats up so many resources. And so maybe my, I don't think my complaint is writing desktop apps or native apps with JavaScript and HTML and CSS. I think it's with uh, how you package and distribute them. Like in your scenario, I think if, it, you know, if the, the machine, if the OS itself actually supported it natively, it would be awesome. But having to package it inside of its own, basically, OS, right? Yeah. Uh, then I think that's where you just eat up a lot of re- too many resources, more than you need. You know, I'm like, yeah. why not take some extra time? You know, and then again, like, why do certain apps need a desktop? Why does Trello? Why does Slack? Why do these things need? What What are the advantages of a desktop app? you know, implement, uh, implementation for those over their, you know, browser-based counterparts. I think it's more of a preference thing. I don't know. I've never, you know, I, I would rather use the Slack app. It just feels more, I don't know, I guess more native to me than, than opening up the browser and going to Slack and it being tied to, you know, my browser being opened. You know what I mean? where it could be independent of that. So it could be an app that's just, that's open regardless of whether I have my browser open or not. And I hear you like, as far as I feel like, you know, the, your mileage may vary kind of thing um, applies to this because I don't see any performance hits by, you know, by Slack being open on my machine, but 
I don't have a cheap machine either. I have a developer machine. You know, I, I have I spent a lot of money on my machine for development. I wanted it to be speedy, lots of RAM, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't see a performance hit. Um, but I can see that if I was running on a you know MacBook Air or even my older MacBook Pro 13 inch, yeah, definitely that'd probably get a hit there. Especially, I had much less RAM and you know only had a dual core processor in that one. So I think it's all, it all depends on what you have running as well with it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess that's true. Um, you know, I guess one of the advantages you would have with like the Slack app, especially, you know, would be, you know, you're packaging it with Chrome for Chromium, right? And so, you know, it's got support for certain things, you know? And so I think, um, you know, you don't have to worry about like, you know, doing all these browser hacks or browser implementations of like Safari, Internet Explorer, Firefox, yeah. whatever, right? You you know you're set with this. However, there's something, you, you know, at least with like the Mac, they do distribute it. I think through the Mac App Store. So like that's there's the, there's your build process. There's you know having to upload it to Apple, get it approved, get some resubmitted, and um, you know, and so it's like yeah, you can do all that, or you can just push to the web. I actually think there's a way around it. <clears throat> I actually think um I don't know I don't know where I read it but I feel like there's a way for Electron apps to auto update meaning through the app itself and not through the store. I could be wrong there though, but I feel like I read that somewhere. But the I think the other benefit with an Electron app is again having access to the hardware, you know, the, the device hardware. So like for the Slack app, I know, you know, you can do audio calls. I think they're going to be doing video calls here soon, or maybe they already have. Um, but that's going to give them direct access to, you know, you can in a browser, you know, connect, you know, choose a camera and things like that. But I think it's a little different than, than actually having direct access. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that is cool. You know, and it's it's just so much easier. I mean, it, it, it like years ago when PhoneGap first came out, you know, I didn't, I still don't know Objective C or Swift, but you know, Swift is easier, I think, to pick up at this point because I've gotten the experience. The language itself is a lot easier. But um, you know, years ago when PhoneGap first came out, it was like, well, I know JavaScript, I know HTML, CSS, so it was like it it makes it more appealing. It was definitely attractive to like think about building an app for that, and I did build one app uh, for, you know, marketing company I worked for, and we did package it up and submit it to the app store. But it, it mean, it felt janky, you know. But, yeah. it, but then it was just a web view. We weren't using, like, you know, their their um, their APIs, which would be called a native function. So I'm sure it's gotten a lot better since then because that was four, five, six years ago, something like that now. Yeah, I remember that app. I had to make changes to it. Hey, that was a cool app. I forgot what was the uh, what was the JavaScript library library you were using with that one? I why can't it slip in my mind right now? jQuery? No, it was. Um, oh, it was oh yeah. Uh, with an e and I can't for some reason I can't I can't. Starts with a what? An e. An e. What is it? So back remember. so there was Sprout Core back. No, it was titanium. It was a T, wasn't it? Wasn't it titanium? Uh, titanium, yeah. That was one of the ways to make a, a desk. That's a desktop yeah. app. Yeah. No, they they did it for the phone back in the day too. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember Titanium. Is that even still around? 
Uh, let's see. Yes, it is. Titanium accelerator. Nice. Yep. I don't think it's called titanium anymore. That's right. Yeah, accelerator.com. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was interested in that, that one too. Yeah, yeah that was a cool one. They had that. That one really felt like because at the time I think PhoneGap gave you a few APIs, to, you know, native APIs, but like it was more about wrapping your stuff in a web view. Mm-hmm. And Titanium really was built like you wrote an app that was written in JavaScript and it was all like using their APIs, you know, that would, you know, that would compile down or transpile down to whatever it was. Um, and so like that one was a lot more native feeling. I think it had better performance. I'm trying to think of what the other one, there's another node one. Um, I wish I could remember what it's called. Doing a quick look up because it's bothering me now. Um, okay, Node WebKit, that was it. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's the same kind of same deal as Electron. Um, you're gonna have you know Node bundled with with a you know a copy of Chromium in there, and you know basically runs in a window. So. That's cool. I mean, I guess you've you've made your case. You made your point. I don't think that everyone should run to it. You know, there are a couple apps I've found. Um, it, I mean, it is so easy that it, it's you know the the entry level uh, or the entry barrier is low. But um, there are certain apps that just really don't need to be written in that. You know, like I saw, I've seen a few uh, Mac menu bar based applications that are, you know, Chromium based. They're they're um, uh, electron apps, you know, they just mm-hmm. don't have a, they just don't have a Chrome, they don't, they don't have a window. Um, and so it's like, why, you know, like that's could be, it could be so much smaller. I mean, cause they have these like tiny little applications that are 60 megs to install or whatever. And so you could just spend a weekend going and looking up Swift, probably do the same thing and it'd be, you know, a megabyte and it'd be a lot faster, it'd be a lot smoother and it'd be native. Right. Well, I mean, I, I guess look at it this way. So if, let's say, your boss came to you and said, hey, we need to write, you know, and let's say you're I don't know, something like Freckle or something where you're, you know, you're capturing people's time and you want to have a taskbar app and you say, and then, you know, they come to you right now and say, I need you to build a cross-platform, you know, <laughs> app to, to capture time and, and interact with our with our web service, you know, would you would you decide to build... Would you decide to learn Swift and then decide to learn, <clears throat> I guess, you know, um, Microsoft's, I guess, you know, start working in Visual Studio? Um, I, you know, I don't exactly know. I guess it's still C Sharp, um, .NET stuff. I mean, would you want to learn those and then, you know, build two separate apps and maintain two separate apps? Or would you do something simple, you know, and build it, you know, with existing libraries that you probably have already created if you do a lot of JavaScript development, you know, and I think you need to just, you know, think about it that way. So most of the time the, the budgets for a lot of these companies aren't very big. So to hire a, a windows developer just to manage a small app or, you know, to manage something like that, as well as hiring somebody who's, you know, primarily a desktop developer for, you know, for win, uh, for, for Mac or, or Linux, even in that case, cause Electron actually works in Linux. Um, you know, 
having the staff to actually manage and, and um, maintain all those applications versus your web team, the people who are actually building, um, you know, the software, you know, on the website can actually also maintain it probably with the same UI, um, you know, components and things like that, that they already have built. Yeah. So. I mean, you, from a business developer standpoint, it does make sense, you know, and the entry barrier is a lot lower and it's a little, you know, it's cheaper. It's, you know, you're making all of the right arguments. You're making all of the arguments as to why. It's as a, a user, I'd rather it be a native app, right? Exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Especially with like the, mobile apps too. So, you know, mobile apps, you know, they, they just get so, um, they get so big, they get so, you know, and I'm just like, and they're slower too. God, you can tell a lot of times on a, on the mobile, you can tell what's native and what's, you know, a web view on it. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, I hate it that you did it this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, if if it gets your if it gets your product out there, and even if it's just an interim solution until you grow enough to to build something better, then I say go for it. Make a million apps that you know. And and honestly, if if we start seeing that most apps are starting to be be, be built this way, then we'll probably start seeing more support from it uh, on an OS side. So uh, you know, that's true. There is something cool about the fact that now in um like you know the apple script uh, automator you know program you can write apple scripts in javascript you know they do have a javascript api for that so you don't actually have to write apple script but you can still automate stuff with javascript so like that's kind of cool um but uh yeah i mean i get it i did read a cool article i, I need to post it in the show notes i did read a cool article a few weeks ago about this company that was uh building they were they were tasked with building a uh I think it was like a, a an election or voter registration kiosk, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, and it wasn't in America, I think it was another country overseas or something like that, but they needed to build this and it needed to be very secure. And so like, they were like, do we go, you know, learn C sharp and, you know, all the .NET stuff for Windows? Cause they were like, we need to use Windows, you know, whatever. Cause the machines were cheaper, the hardware was cheaper. And so they were like, do we go do that? Or, you know, do we use the languages we know and do it, you know, web-based? But they were like, well, with web-based, you know, someone could go and open up the browser source code, they could view it, you know, and it's just not secure. Um, and so what they actually ended up doing was they built uh, the backend for it with Go, so it would compile mm-hmm. down. Um, and then that was the API. And then they built the front end, uh, you know, as, with the web languages, but they packaged it with electrons. So that way it would be, a, a, you know, a, 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 in its own binary file that you couldn't see the source of. Um, and so, like, that Electron app would communicate with the, the, the Go backend. And I thought that was a pretty clever solution because they, they were able to do it with the languages that they knew, you know, do it quickly and still make it, you know, secure. Yeah, yeah, I think that is cool, too. Yeah. I think that might be the, the biggest benefit of Electron right there. It's just giving you the opportunity to, to do something that you wouldn't normally be able to do, you know, depending on your situation. I think so. I'm going to go build an Electron app now. <laughs> I've started actually, messing with it actually it, it's really cool and it, like it is really I, cool um, <clears throat> I started messing with it on the Windows side I'm trying to interact with a USB device so and it's pretty cool like I don't know anything about hex codes and, and reading all that stuff and so it's going to take me a little while to figure that out but I feel like when I'm done with it I will have learned quite a bit about something I had had no clue uh, about so there's one app I want to build, and it's like, 
it would benefit from being cross-platform. I would only ever use it for me on, on the Mac, obviously, but it's like I could build it a lot faster using something like Electron, so that's the appeal to me. But I want, uh, I want a GUI uh, editor and, and, and application for stuff like Jekyll, like a Jekyll blog or Jekyll site. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, and it's, I mean, yeah, there are markdown editors and all of that, but it's like I want something that would actually know about Jekyll and be able to go in there and say, here at the, you know, like have a little menu, click down, you know, say build the site, deploy the site, you know, li- watch, yeah. listen, you know, do all of that for me. So I don't have to remember what the heck those Jekyll commands are and run it all via command line. I'm just not a command line kind of person. Although, funny enough, I am currently working on a Go based command line uh, interface for Slack. So I'm, I'm rebuilding Slack in Go for the command line. But it's like, or for nice. terminal. So it's terminal-based, like <clears throat> CUI, command user interface. So it's like, I want something like that because I don't like the Slack app. I want something like that to be stripped down. But yet with uh, Jekyll or something like that, I do want the GUI. I think you were showing me that one time. There is a, doesn't Go have some sort of like framework for creating um, like CLI? Yeah. CUI, yeah. Yeah, there is a good one in there. I'll, I don't remember the name of it offhand, but I'll link to it. And it allows you to create like windows and frames and views and all of that. And so I'm trying to figure out a lot of the. Okay, so when I develop an app, I, I have trouble just getting it out there and like building the pieces and making it look nice. I, I also want to develop like a back end for it, you know? So it's like I can't just throw dummy data in there. Like I really kind of want the real data, you know, to deal with. And so I'm really trying to, because like I have to pull all this from the Slack APIs. So I'm really having to strip myself back and say, just build the, 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 you know, the GUI or whatever for it first, build the frames and the views, then populate it with the data. But um, So that's what's slowing me down because I really am struggling with fighting myself to not go pull that stuff in. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll link to that. It's a really yeah, cool program. Well, I'm at, I'm at the, the point where I have, you know, I've written like this kind of CLI that I use for all my stuff locally and I, and I use it, bring it for project from project to project. The problem is it's real dependent on paths and things like that. And I want to build, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to rebuild it as a CLI app. That's just, that just works, you know? Um, so yeah, I would love to see, I'd love to see those links in the show notes. Take a look. Yeah. That might be that might be the answer to what I'm you know to what I'm looking for, so cool. All right, well let's uh, wrap this up. I think we're good on time, and I need to get ready to head home. All right, man. But um, thanks for chatting. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.